Hey everyone, welcome to the Weekend Sober. This is Kim, thanks for joining. I am on my own today, and we're actually talking about a really special project that is near and dear to my heart, and I have a guest with me today. I have Katie Mack here. And this is this is special because Mac is kind of like, dare I say, my mentor, <laughs> my wow. sober mentor. Like you have been there since the beginning for me. And it's actually really cool that now you're on this, <laughs> you're on this podcast with me. So right thank before you. we hopped on, I got so excited about this. And we were even talking. We were just like on the phone talking like two giggly girls. And then I would like we hopped back on to this and I was like really excited to have this conversation. Um, I we've, I, I well, love... we've, we've tried to do this like twice now because, <laughs> and then like ended up talking and then realizing oh <laughs> yeah, we're time. So it's true. Like, like we should just hit record. We're talking about like being sober and human uh are bad um so you missed out the good stuff if you're listening now um uh that is a that is a a wild honor i will wear that badge with pride if any of you guys know me you'll know i'll get it tattooed across my chest facing (laughs) up kim's mentor um that's a very kind thing to say kim uh thank you well thank you um we are talking today about your as you call it, your baby, um, your podcast, fucking sober the first 90 days. Um, and we've already had one episode out and when this airs, I have no idea when I'm going to air this thing, but whenever it airs, (laughs) I don't know how many episodes will be out. Um, there will be others. There will be others. It's an eight, there will be eight episodes. So, um, tell us for our listeners here who may not know about, um, fucking sober. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So I, uh, just to piggyback on what Kim said, um, uh, uh, Kim is, is the head writer for season two. And so for those of you who don't know, I don't know where you've been, but, um, uh, (laughs) that is, that's what makes this kind of moment so special. Um, and that we have, uh, another season that came prior to this, that's season one. Apparently that's how numbers work. And, uh, it's, it's my story. Um, fucking sober, the tagline that we've come up with, it's horrible, but it really explains everything. It is an eight episode serialized, uh, semi-comedic, mostly non-fictional narrative podcast about the first 90 days of getting sober. And, um, it, uh, the, the kind of, the the birth of it all, or even just the kernel of the idea came, uh, when I was drinking. Um, I was on a platform waiting for a train in New York City. That's where I hail from. And um, I am a radio baby. I like grew up, my parents are, you know, they're normal people. They listen to music. Some people are like, your parents will listen to music. And I'm like, no, like, they like, like music. But I think there's a lot of people who, you know, know their favorite, their parents' favorite band or, you know, oh yeah, we were a rock household. Um, we were an NPR household. Uh, and so just literally constantly all the time, um, NPR, public radio playing in the background. So stuff like Prairie Home Companion, This American Life, The Moth, um, you know, The Way We Don't Tell Me, Car Talk. These are all like anyone who knows these things are like, you'll light up immediately, right? It's just like, it's so yummy. Um, right, as, these, as these kind of while my, I guess my brain was developing. Um, and I just, I, I, 
I loved, I love and love podcasts, radio. And um, I, when I was trying to get sober, I, I um, am a drug user, uh, or obviously was a drug user. Uh, I'm an addict um, until I was about 25 and then tried to get sober from alcohol. Uh, and that took me another eight years longer. No. Um, but I knew, but you know, the, the, anybody who's gone through any versions of relapse, I mean, awesome. Thank you. Welcome back. Um, I really think it's a huge part of the process of getting sober. Um, and there's nothing worse than being in that spot. The spot is, I know I can't go back to drinking. I know I don't drink normal and or use normal if using normal is a thing. Um, but I, um, but I can't stop. Right. And for me, my favorite definition of um, an addict is someone who wants to stop doing something and they can't I feel like that's a pretty like you can do it across, you know, shopping addict. Uh, I don't know. Orange addict. Uh, God, you want to you don't want to have that last orange and you can't not eat it. Um, exercise. Yeah. Exercise addicts. Oh, man, my whole day is ruined if I don't exercise. Right. I mean, I've gone and I've gone through. It's like amazing. Recovery is amazing. The more you recover, the more you have to realize what you need to recover from. There's a lot if you've had the privilege of being on the planet long enough. Um, so I was I was sitting on a platform or standing on a platform in 2017 drinking, you know, gin out of a water bottle. I always carried a water bottle and a bottle full of gin. Gin because I thought it, made, it wasn't as a pungent as like vodka. And just, and just being like, yeah, like, I don't know, I don't think this is good. And then searching for podcasts again, 2017 wasn't that different of a time, but pre-pandemic, the we had podcasts out. We have a lot of people with podcasts out since 2012, but um, it was all narrative, or sorry, it was all uh, interview podcasts. Yeah. And that is awesome. I think it's really cool. Like this podcast is really cool because we're both on it. But for me at the time, I'm like an angry little munchkin. <laughs> I, um, I couldn't listen to two people who were doing well. I was like, you assholes, you don't get it. If you can be on this podcast, having a conversation between the two of you, you're probably doing pretty okay. And I like resented people and a little bit, not even resentment that they were doing well. And I wasn't, it's just more like, oh, you're different than me. I'm, I'm very special. I'm, I'm deeply sick. You're not, you don't get it. Uh, if you can recover, uh, that's great. But I, I, I suffer from specialness and I can't recover. Um, or yeah, I didn't even have that language at the time, right? It's so yeah. funny to think about it back then. Yeah. Um, I can't stop, I guess, might have been like the one-to-one. Um, yeah, like I'll never get there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I can relate to this. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, now that you said that, I don't think I've ever said this out loud. I think I was like, oh, you must really like yourself to advocate for yourself. Yeah. And I had come up with the conclusion that I didn't like myself. Okay. And almost like hung my hat on that, this idea of like, oh, well, it's different because I don't like myself. So what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like somehow that was a justification for why I couldn't get better or something. You know, I, and I, I don't, I, 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 and I, you just reminded me, I, I don't know why I just reminded myself of that, but it was kind of like, it wasn't even necessarily related to the act of drinking. It was more, all of my behavior was bad behavior. I didn't like it. I never got any positive feedback from my outrageous behavior while drinking and drugging. Um, I'm listening to these people who had similar behavior to me. Oh, they must really have an ego like themselves so much that they can invest in their mental health and wellness and or something. They're different than me. Yeah. So 
uh, during the pandemic, I had, it was this pre-pandemic. I wanted to, um, I wanted to make a story about somebody who wasn't doing well, but was doing it anyway, kind of the way I've been describing it. And, um, and it wasn't easy, but kind of in my language, by the grace of God in season one, she does it. Yeah. So, um, I'm an AA person uh, in AA. We talk about how the newcomer is the most important person in the room. And, um, you know, really when it comes to these quieter moments that I'm talking about uh, stopping drinking or recovery, um, most people ask me like, how did you do it? And I remember, you know, my first go of really trying to stop drinking, like how? And by how, I mean like, literally how like did you did you wear socks to bed like did you did you eat macaroni and cheese at night like what like literally how like yeah. did you put makeup on in the morning like what what was it how did you do it like a little bit of like what's the secret yeah and um and so i i wrote a narrative podcast about literally how a fictionalized version of me and uh we can talk about kind of why we did it that way um how she got sober for the first 90 days and we just chopped it up into, you know, day one, day four, day four. So like two weeks in, a month in, you know, 75 days, 90 days um, or whatever. I missed a couple there. But um, tell us your character's uh, name. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> you're so cute. Um, so Anita. Anita is the main character's name. Anita Drake. It's the play on words of Anita Drake. Um, Anita is my middle name. So it's not it's not masked. Um, uh I, I wanted it to be, I wanted to give myself poetic license or creative freedom to not have to tell an accurate version of a story, um, but to tell uh, a story about somebody getting sober. And basically what it, what it is, is, you know, for me, I, I wanted to give some leeway and or provide some anonymity for people. So I say it's uh, mostly non-fictional. Um, again, I think I made that up, whatever. I don't think that's a real combination of words, meaning um an opportunity for me to deny that uh, <laughs> I was that horrible and or that that person was that mean to me and, a, and an allowance to make things um slightly more heightened or dramatic um without having to be like no really they weren't that bad it's like no they weren't that bad I internalized it that way and also like like there is there's like storytelling structure and like I need to I need to have an antagonist here <laughs> um so sort of applying those two things um that is yeah and then over the pandemic gave me an opportunity to really double down and also um I was going through uh you know it, it was the time to birth it and if there's any creatives out there there is, I find it, there's, there's like nothing more painful than like having an idea and not being able to do it. And it just got, I was like, you know, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, so I stopped drinking. And then I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, so I made the thing. Because I like knew I wanted to do this and I've known I wanted to do it for a long time and I've been working on it quietly and or loudly in certain ways, right? Um, there's all these signs that it's not a mistake. Um, and then I realized that I had to learn how to sound design. And I had to learn uh, how to do all this stuff. And YouTube's a great resource. Uh, <laughs> free 99. Um, and also got some people to kind of help me along the way. So that is the longest answer to, so tell me about the podcast. Uh, <laughs> that is, that's everything up until this point. Um, set four, 
I knew that I wanted to make season one in order to make season two. And that just meant this was never intended to be one uh, season. It was always intended to be um, one season plus more. Um, and that came out of, you know, for me, the first one was, I really, 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 really felt um, compelled to tell stories from people that we don't often see recover. So I'm a white presenting, uh, I, again, het presenting female, um, a cisgender female who, who really has been given a lot of privileges of the world. And I wanted to go first, create a platform and an audience space, um, see if I could do it and gain trust so we could tell other people's stories. So from Kim's story of being a beautiful white suburban house mom, obviously like Kim is many other things, but right, if we can chalk these things up, to Cynthia's story, queer, black, um, advertising, very successful sort of um, uh, cisgender female who gets sober in uh, Baltimore. And then oh, we have a season four, which we're still hoping to do um, in 2024, which, oh, God, that's so wild to say a lot, um, which is a, a, a journey centered around gender and trying to figure out their gender identity through getting sober. Um, yeah, so that was that that was the, the point. The point of doing season one was to create a platform for other seasons after, um, you know, the pandemic hit May of 2020 when George Floyd was murdered and realizing that we need to, if we want to tell other stories, we have to foster the other stories um, uh, and we have to give space for them and we have to um, uh, nurture them. So uh, that's, that's a little bit of a, like a conversation around like, uh, producing, being creative, um, that kind of stuff. But I'll, I'll pause there just to say um, season two is not a mistake. It was going to happen. It's just a matter of whether or not I had the funding to fund the thing. Yeah, um, yeah that was really it. I love that you have had such a vision. You have such a vision. You continue to be so passionate about it. And, um, you know, just going back to 2020 when, I, so I stopped drinking and I know we just told this story. Was that yesterday or whatever? It was yesterday. That's, oh, no, no, it was two days ago. Two days yeah. ago. Yeah. We were on another podcast talking about this, but, um, you know, I just saw, I, so I stopped drinking in 2020 and I was, you know, awake in the middle of the night. I was like, maybe not even two weeks sober and not sleeping and just like a hot mess. So I was on Instagram at like 2 a.m. and happened to come across your Instagram and you had posted about uh, looking for writers, you, people to submit writing samples for, you know, future seasons. And at that point, I had listened to a couple episodes of fucking sober. Um, I loved it. And, you know, it was unlike anything else I had listened to. Um, I had been listening to sober powered and like a couple oh, other love. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, but yours was just like, it spoke to me. I love the music. There's just so much. So I was like, wait, they want writers. And at that point I'd been, you know, blogging, writing. And I was, I was like, just something about it spoke to me. And so I sat there in bed in the middle of the night on my phone and wrote a writing sample and just emailed it off to you from the, like laying there in my bed. 
And I loved it because I have a very strong memory of like reading it, loving it, and then also just seeing the like scent from my iPhone. Yeah. There was something about that. I just like love that hustle. Like, and I, I w on the podcast the other day, we were talking about how like my interpretation of that, it was totally wrong. Yeah. But I, I, I like, I, and I don't know why I made up that story. I had made up the story of like, Kim was in her car, like shuffling children from place to place, finishing the episode as she's like, her car is idling. I, I don't even know. Like, like in where. the middle of a carpool. Yeah, 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 that was exactly it. Like, probably getting... because, like you remembered that from my, like some part of my writing or something. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm now realizing that that, right, brands are kind of amazing, but it really, it, it it when you just said that it reminded me of something too which is like you know if you're new in sobriety and you have uh like a passion for something kim you know kind of discovering or rediscovering her like true love for writing me discovering uh, i just love storytelling and sort of all the mediums of storytelling um there is nothing like the thing the fire in your belly uh when you first get sober yeah. you will accomplish so much Yep. Um, uh, and the longer you stay sober, you know, the more the miracles happen, the bigger your life gets, the busier you get, um, yep. in a beautiful, fun way. But it's like, it's so funny because when I think about making season one and, you know, you said like, oh, you're posting and all this stuff. Um, when I was thinking about making season one, uh, or when I made season one, I did everything by myself. Because I couldn't, I couldn't ask anybody to do anything else. I didn't know anybody. I've now have, I now have an incredible community of people. But this idea of like posting and the website design and editing and sound designing and, and doing a call for people and like looking through stuff and uh, re-editing my stuff and uh, workshopping my writing and just like, what was I like? Where did I get all that? Yeah. You know, I guess it's also it was nice because I think at the time I was like doing a part-time online job, which is different than right. Like I do now, like full-time job, personal that stuff. Um. So there was that time, but I just, I, you know, Kim chutzpah in bed, like I'm going to start writing no matter what. And like, obviously Kim, as you all know, has a memoir out now too. So Kim spent a year working on uh, this season of Fucking Sober with a storytelling team or a story development team um, uh, with Dylan and MJ. Um, and also wrote a, is it 200 and something pages? What is it? Yeah, like 250 yeah. pages. Oh, it's just, uh, it's just a 250, 250 pages uh, <laughs> of a novel, right? Like, and if anybody's a creative out there or knows anything about anything, right, you know that, like, you overwrite stuff and stuff has to get cut. So, like, there's just, like, hours and hours and hours. I'm looking at a person who has spent hours and hours and hours lifting the weight of the pen. Um, and that's just, it's just early sobriety. If you feel like, I know. If you feel like it's a good idea, like, I don't know, starting a business, like, it's you're supposed to in AA. You're supposed to, you know, really try to keep things as simple as possible. And yes, focus on your sobriety. Yes, yeah. keep things as simple as possible. However, there is no hutzpah like a new sobriety hutzpah. <laughs> if it's gonna keep you sober, go ahead and do it. So. I remember when. So we talked shortly after I sent that um, writing sample, and you were like, "I know you're very newly sober, and you know if." this doesn't work out that is not how I sound by the way <laughs> I remember you being very sweet and kind to me and just like presenting it like with no pressure and just saying you know we'll just talk and see how this goes like la 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 and I remember you th like kind of saying like wow like this girl just stopped drinking like I, I could just sense that you were like oof She's very newly sober. Like I, you were, yeah, you, you mentioned, but it was like, not, it was like 90 days or just not even 90 days. 
Right. I mean, it's, I, and that just takes, I mean, again, it takes a lot to identify where the, the type of person you want to be. And I think, and I think it's because, I mean, you know, right. You had the gift and I, and I use it, that language on purpose. You had the gift of being like enough is enough. Whereas like many, 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 many people. And it's so normal and it makes so much sense. And I actually think it's healthy in so, in so many ways, yeah. you know, do the, I'm going to stop drinking for right now, for today, for dry January, right? Or for this month or until my birthday, which is, you know, X number of days away or until my wedding or until I lose five pounds, like whatever it is, like we make these like goals to then go back to drinking. Um, yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's not unique. The idea of never drinking again at the time felt yeah. like, <gasps> like, oh my, like get me above water, you know, like, oh, like I, I can't. And it's so funny, and I'll just say for somebody who has three years and some change sober, um, October 6th is my sobriety date. I'm a sobriety Libra, just so you guys know. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it, it, now it's like, thank God I never have to drink again. And I, and I like, it sounds, I, I remember how that sounded, and I can't believe I'm saying that. No. But thank God I never have to drink again. Yeah, oh, no. my. I, like, I never want to drink again. I know. I feel that way too. I know. And I never thought I would. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's wild. And I don't, I mean, I don't know how helpful it is to like say it out loud, to, especially for people who are newly sober. I know, right? but I probably annoying. Yeah. It's probably annoying. Just, just so you guys knowing is half the battle. We yeah. know we're annoying, but we we're, we're annoying for a reason. You know, I think that's really it. Yes. Um, because we were, we saw that we like would be those people that were annoying. Does that make sense? Yeah. You? Yeah, yeah. Who are the people that we listened to and were like out loud on the train? Shut yeah. up. Yeah, it's like you were saying in the beginning, like, yeah. like, oh, shut the fuck up. I don't relate to you, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also, like, you know, we have these like beautiful. There's, there, you know, the the world and, and the way we receive messages, and I say messages from God. I believe in a higher power. You know, the the way that we receive messages sometimes, um, you know, it comes in a, in a particular way. And I, I told Kim this before. Um, I could not receive the message from a smooth talking, attractive white lady over podcasting. If she was like, hi, I just want to let you know that you should believe in yourself. I'm like, kill yourself, lady. <laughs> it's probably a, I'm not thinking about anyone in particular. I truly, I'm just like, whoever I listened to in early Friday, I was like, uh-uh, like, I hate you. Yeah. And I deli- I received the message, you know, and all, all, I had to get it dosed to me. And then I would go back out and I would, I, the joke is I would go back out and work on my qualification, which is, um, you know, work on earning my seat in the rooms, go back out, test the theory. Am I, am I able to do this? Continue to test. But one of my favorite times of trying to get sober, I relapsed after this, but one of my times of trying to get sober was, um, I was in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And God speaks through a New England accent. <laughs> I just could not hear the message about getting sober until I was in a room full of I don't even know if they're blue collar, but right, like this, like New strong, Hampshire, New Hampshire accent. I can't even do it. And uh, and I just loved it. Like I just, I loved going to the meetings. I loved the people. Um, you know, and for me, for a long time, you know, I, I tried to get sober when I was twenty five. Um, I'm now thirty six. I don't look it. Don't worry. Um, you can probably hear that. Um, I do not. <laughs> yeah, girl. Um, <laughs> I I. Uh, I first came in and people were like, you're so young, stay, you're so young, stay. I just want to remind everybody that nobody says that to me anymore. 
I walk into an AA room or I'm in a, a sobriety circle or whatever, um, virtual, whatever, nobody's like, oh, you're so young. <laughs> you know, like you're going to get older. So again, I don't know if you're younger and you're curious if you should stop drinking. Yeah, like I, I don't, you're, I, at some point, you're either going to stop drinking or you're going to be older still drinking and you're going to have to undo all that work anyway. It's just like safe. You want to you know. go to the meetings and have people tell you. You're so yeah, young. right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to meetings and people are not telling you that you're so young, stay. If you're going to meetings and people telling you that you are so young, stay. Because <laughs> there is no other way, right? I mean, and so, I mean, I think a lot of us have versions of stories of the brave people that decide to get sober in their 50s and 60s and 70s, right? Like how wild to me. Like I, having a habit of doing things and knowing your brain changes or whatever, and it's just enough is enough. And being like, wow, I don't want to, I, I don't want to get like that. Right? Like, thank you for being the example, you know, yeah. to, to those people. And so many people that I talk to who stop drinking are always, they always say, I wish I had done it sooner, you know, and I wish yeah. I had done it sooner. Um, and I, and I do feel that way as well. I wish I had stopped drinking sooner, but I also do think that I had to go through the experiences I went through to get me to where I am today. So, you know, I love that balance. The idea that two things can exist at once and actually fully, right. It's not like, it's not like glass half full, glass half empty. Well, it is because that's, that's exactly what it is. Both yeah. things exist, but they both yes. really exist. I yeah. mourn deeply, deeply the loss of my creative time, that's kind of where my identity really likes to flourish. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have kids, I don't have puppies, I, I don't even have an apartment. Uh, uh, I'm not homeless guys, I just, I move with jobs and stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't have a permanent residence. So for me, you know, something I, I like to, I, when I choose to feel what I, you know, what I'm proud of is that, you know, the work, I like the work that I'm doing or whatever, but I also know that's all fleeting. Um, but yeah, I, I mourn the loss of who I would have been, where I would have been, whatever, on particular days. God, if I had stopped sooner, or if I had stopped when I first wanted to stop. Yeah. Holy shit, who would I have become if I had stopped drinking when I was 25? I know. Oh my God. I stopped using heroin at 24, 25 um, and other uh, drugs. I did continue to use some, you know, whatever, uh, you know, all sorts of concoctions of things, but alcohol really was the, was the main thing after 25, but yeah. But, I, you know, like they say, living in that shame spiral and folk, you know, ruminating in that and focusing on that stuff. It's, you know, what is that going to do for you? But yeah, know. no, it, 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 it's such a good reminder again, that like, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're like looking at the past, you're like, oh man, I was like a sick quarterback in high school. You're like, yeah, like you're not in high school and you're not a quarterback. So like, <laughs> I, like that sounds fun. Like you should tell me on a first date, but like maybe never again. Um, that it's hard. Um, it, it's nice to be proud of the past versions of yourself. Um, but uh, I'm way more proud of the person that I am now. And I don't even know. I'm like baffled that I just said that. I don't think I could have ever said anything that nice to myself. I know that's that was a very nice comment that you just. I am glad we're here witnessing it. That was. Yeah. I I'm glad I recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like you know by the time this airs, it'll be like Mac. Uh, just so you guys know, Mac took away that disclaimer. She's actually very mad at herself. She's not proud of herself at all. She recorded a, a very specific moment. Um, yeah, I, it's like, it's wild. It's why I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I can stay sober. 
I'm I'm proud that I gave myself enough chutzpah and belief in myself to like make some things. You know, fucking sober is definitely one of my projects and one of my babies. The 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 only thing that makes fucking sober more unique than anything else is that I'm really really good at um, gigging, meaning like doing a project and moving on and kind of never returning to it. Um, and this project for me was always supposed to be long term. Can I do it a second time? And can it be not just as, as successful? I don't mean that success. What does that mean? But can can I literally repeat it? Like, am I physically able to do that? Um, I'm learning a lot in this, this second season, and Kim's patience has been, you know, uh, incredible with it. Um, and it's so different, you know, like it's so the the process, like it's a repeatable model, meaning like how many stories can we tell about the first 90 days of getting sober? Like it, inexhaustible, right? Like everybody. Even you can look exactly like me and have an entire, entirely a different experience. Um, slash, you could look exactly like me and have, or look exactly differently than me and have a very similar experience. Um, however, you know the process of telling these stories. How do we do it? Um, and the biggest thing for me is fostering the story. Um, Kim is a memoir writer, uh, an incredibly prolific, um, uh, like uh, imagery, uh, very descriptive language, and as Kim knows because I'm like as she's sending me her episodes I'm like cut cut let's cut this yeah okay that's beautiful like we get it like what you know I sometimes, sometimes I go through stuff I text Kim and I'm like hey man I don't I don't really know how this is going to translate I, I think I was kind of harsh okay love you bye <laughs> get, get back to me later I'm just like oh man I hope she doesn't text me like I quit I hate you um it has been such a different type of writing process for me it's been really really fun though I love writing through this medium because it yeah I mean it's completely different <laughs> yeah and the, the language that I stole from other people I, I wish I was like a really cool podcast I said, said this in the last podcast um like writing for the ear is a very different thing because we have it's we have the opportunity to create an environment sonically that's very yes. very cool um so then it, how do we want to comment on it you know again like you know if the music is suddenly very loud in a space in real life you might say that music just got really loud does the character say that? Um, does the character comment on that? Is it a reflection of the character's inner life or external life? Um, these are all like really fun right. uh, questions to chew on. And it's yeah. like the internal voice versus the ex, like the actual person speaking. And right. yeah, it's it reminded me of a screenplay course that I took in college, you know, like that was sort of what it brought me back to, but um, this is like a whole new level with like sound and yeah, it's, it's really fun. And I um, am learning a ton as well. So yeah, thank you. I mean, it's yeah. MJ and Dylan, thank you as well. They've been. Well, let's, I just want to hit on that. So like, you know, uh, it, it took two years to make this season and partly it's, you know, and I say partly it's because it takes, I think it takes that long. Um, and then also partly I just kept getting pulled like one gig to the other and couldn't give Kim the time and attention that she was so eager. Like I was like, all right, new sobriety, like capitalize on that. Right. Um, uh, and so I, I hired um, MJ and Dylan, two incredibly thoughtful, loving, talented people who would meet with Kim weekly. And I said, I think it was like January, March or something. I was like, all right, this is great. Uh, I'll see you guys in six months. Yes. <laughs> and you would check in like every now and again, but like. Yeah, like every, every two months I'd be like, I don't know, you guys want to show me something? But All that, right, cool. My weekly meetings with them, that was like truly the highlight of my week working with them. They were 
so great. We had so much fun and I loved working on this. This is such a great project for me. And it actually truly did help with my memoir because I was simultaneously working on that at the same time. Um, but because this is, you know, fictionalized the podcast, um, I had to really, especially in the last couple of months, we had to take it much further and change a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. We like got, got a good baseline that was just like, all right, let's like, let's literally just change some of the character descriptions yeah. just to change them. Yeah. Um, we had to yeah. like create some new characters. And, and then of course, you know, the character's name is Betsy and, um, which is not your name, not my name. And <laughs> my, and Betsy's husband, Matt has a Boston accent, which Evan does not. Which <laughs> I love. Matt is played by Otis Gray. And, um, yeah, Otis this is, this Gray. is Otis Gray, your voice is very sexy. I, I thank God you said that out loud. I cannot, I cannot wait to send him this clip. I told him <laughs> that, that you and you and other people, mostly women have been like, who is that? Who's that guy? I love like, I love his I don't know I love a good you can listen to Otis Gray's um voice as you fall asleep Otis has a very popular podcast called sleepy podcast oh I can he, listen to him in bed yeah honestly it's a little weird um I <laughs> I I have always just loved this human um never really sparked any um uh sort of like uh, uh sexual feelings um however I I before we got very close, I was able to listen to Otis because he reads popular stories. To he, re, you know, reads you to sleep. I was thing. Um, reads you as you fall asleep. Bedtime, bedtime stories. Bedtime stories. Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, clearly, someone who doesn't have kids. Um, and uh, <laughs> so you know, he takes requests and he, and he'll read them, and they're incredible. I mean, and it's also just fun to like kind of like have these like classics, right? Like you know, Peter Rabbit or like, uh, I don't know. Um, well, they're not like erotic bedtime stories. No, but I will tell you that that's my idea. And if any of you guys take it, I'm go good. It's a great idea. You should take it. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to make it first. Uh, <laughs> um, but for a while I could do that. I could listen to Otis, I, you know, uh, uh, talk me to sleep. And now I can't because this makes me laugh too hard. But I, I suggested, you know, this is a, anybody who's a producer or a maker of things that involve other people. You know, the best thing you can ever do is just um, choose your people wisely, choose good people, and you will just be taken to the moon. I mean, I was like, I don't know, Otis. I don't know. He's like a nice, very compassionate guy. He got kids. He got a wife. He's like, I don't know. He's like in the Boston area. Just like send me a clip. And it just, and it, and you just, there's no, I, I should record this. There's no greater joy than when I listen to all of my voiceover artists, all of the music that, you know, that we, we I think uh, I have not said this, but all the voice, all the people involved in the team have some relationship with recovery, um, are in recovery, have an experience with recovery, family members, whatever, um, what have you. Um, so I'm just listening to like my community yeah. of like, ex like incredibly talented people. Um, and I just, and I'm by myself. It's like the nerdiest thing ever. I'm by myself with these headphones on, with this microphone. I'm like, you know, like making stuff in the computer. And suddenly I'm like laugh out loud, crying, snorting. I'm like cheering. I'm standing up, jumping up and down. I like have to go for a walk because I'm too excited. Like the journey that I take with these voices and the music, like the reason why I do this is because it's like, 
so fucking fun by myself. Like, I just have <laughs> like, I hear your, I like, I'm reading your writing. I'm like going through, I'm just, I just, I get so hype. Like, I'm a very vocal person. I, everything out loud, I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I read your <laughs> stuff and I'm like, I'll, I'll put a smiley face next to it, but in real life, I'm like, fuck, that's amazing. Fuck, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Hell yeah, Kim. Fuck yeah. It's like watching sports for me. Um, anyway, it's, it's very exciting. Very exciting. I, so if you're a producer, let people surprise you. You know, just not just a podcast, but of anything, of, of party creating, of, uh, I don't know, uh, trip planning. Let people surprise you because people are your greatest asset. And just choose really good Choose really kind people. And I think your project will go a long way. Choose really kind people who get it, right? I mean, I think that's the thing. Like, does the person get what this thing is? And I think I do believe that everybody has to ha know what the bigger picture is to do a good job with their specific roles. But that's just that's just my humble opinion. But it's this whole process has been very exciting and much more fun because I get to be with so many other people. Like, I get to do this with Kim. I get to like share what I've worked on with Kim, who has like more skin in the game and is more excited than, you know, well, I was going to say than a lot of people, but we have a lot of, a lot of people, and, and I said it with Indie Podcast World, who are really, really, really kind, really, really excited about this thing, really loving. This, this season is very different for that reason. You know, people who I do not know, our sober community um, online, um, people writing these suggestions, it's so loving. Even if they're like critiques, I'm like, oh, you love the show so much that you want to critique it. That's so cool. I remember a whole new level. Whole new level. I remember when we got our first one star on fucking sober season one. Mm. And I was so excited because yeah. I was like, we did it. We mm. have people who hate it, which means people care enough to want to comment and hate it. I know. Hell I, yeah. I got my first like eh, review on Amazon and I was like, oh. oh. I think I've kind of made it. Yes, you did. You did it. You did it. Yeah. Um, Proud well, of you. This, this has been really, really nice having you on here, Mac. Thank you. And thank it's you so joy. much You're for taking a chance on me. Like two, it was like two years ago. Um, and, and believing in me and, and honestly encouraging me because you were the first person to really believe that I had anything to offer this world. So Thank it you. was without a doubt. It was like, you know, for me, I just, I, I, I talk about God and Kevin, I, I, you know, it was without a doubt. And I could not be more honored to be in your sphere and in your life and to get to be a part of your writing and interact with it. I have a very unique, everyone else can interact with your writing by reading. I just shattered by Kimberly Kearns. Um, but I get to interact with it in a way that I get to mold it and morph it and bounce it off of you. And um, there's nothing cooler than that. Um, you know, again, it's the stuff that keeps me sober. You know, I, everything does, you know, uh, from waking up and being like, oh, I'm going to have a hamburger, you know, to, uh, it sounds really good. Actually, I can't wait for that, to to being able to be with my community, my people who get it. Um, and Kim is just a really prolific, special, thoughtful person who, you know, will have a lot to write about. I'm really, really looking forward to hearing this episode. Um you know, three or four years from now and seeing where we're both at. And that's really exciting. Like we, I didn't have that thought when I was using, right? About my future. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. 